On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Disney announced anything we're excited for, if the taste buds become addicted to brute force cosplay, and if we cancel all of our streaming services because we have cable. All of that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I, of course, am the host for this episode, which means that it's my job, my duty, my role here to just lead us through all this comic book TV we got going on right now. And I have, um, I get lonely sometimes, so I, I've brought some friends along with me. It's my two very best friends, of course. I am going to introduce them in a certain order, though. And it's not going to reflect who I like more, or it might. Let's see. I'm going to introduce Ryan first. Ryan, how's it going? Fuck yes! Fuck yeah! It does reflect. <laughs> Number one, baby! I Mike, see. Did you, or Cassie, did you see how me and Mike were just sitting there sweating the entire <laughs> time? Like, come on, let it be me. <laughs> I did see, and let me tell you, it, it felt, I never seen, like, what it was like to be a child bringing home some art to my parents to let them, like... <laughs> To see the joy that I had to be like, this one's going to go on the fridge and to watch them have all the power to be like, no, and really break you down. And I just got to feel that power. And wow, I see why they did it. I really do. Mike, you are staying silent. How's it going? Are you feeling okay with this? I told you we might not know if it ranks it. Well, I was trying to maybe get ranked first next week because you introduced Ryan. And so I was trying to be a good panelist and not talk until you introduce me. And also I was trying to not cry on air. Okay, okay. You know what? I am going to make note of that. So I remember that for next week. And maybe maybe you will be my best friend. Do you guys like how you always have to be in competition for a best friend? Oh, yeah. It's, it's super new to us. The only way we work. Uh, <laughs> and mostly, like, I, I will, a little behind the curtain, uh, reveal that, we're like, oh, will, will I be Cassie's best friend? Or on our other show, will I be Greg's best friend? But it just means when we talk, we get to talk shit. Just like you talked shit to your parents when they said, no, your art can't be on the fridge. Ryan and I are like, why do we hang out with these emotionally abusive people who won't just be our friends who make us compete for best friend all the time? Yeah. You know what? We just got to push you, like my parents, pushing you guys to be better. But uh, I actually... Friends? I, yes. <laughs> um... Well, you guys, I did also bring you here to help me talk about all this uh, superhero TV, but also to just like be my confidant since you guys are my best friends. I came to you for some advice because I actually I want to build a website honoring you two and this good friendship we have where I could keep track of like just who is my best friend and really let you guys see the numbers of how good of friends you guys are. I want to put graphs in. I want it to be in depth. And I think I have the capabilities to just kind of I'm just going to go on WordPress and I'm just I don't gonna go for it i don't know anything whoa about whoa coding. whoa whoa hold on no, there's i can't just jump into wordpress you don't uh, think i could just go for it typically Cass, we let you uh do the things that you want to do in your sloppy shitty way like bake <laughs> cakes host superhero show show uh, all of these things but actually if you're gonna build a website dedicated to me and mike i think it has you, to look good yeah i think you might want to do a different thing okay well you, i mean 
you're saying I can't make it look good. So what? How would I make it better? Put just put your guys' uh, picture on it because I don't know if that's going to help. Not and, just our pictures. And, why not? Why don't you go to the experts in WordPress websites, Cassie? Okay, uh, who would that be? That's right, Ryan. <laughs> uh, Cassie, that would be Cybersprout. Mm-hmm. They are the kings and queens of making your dumb shit website look like no dumb shits ever touched yeah. it. They have design experts who actually know how to make things look good. Like Will Smith in Men in Black. Not like you. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones in Men in Black. Uh, they combine elegant design with actual digital strategy. So it's not just like, oh, here's a good looking website of Mike and Ryan and how mm-hmm. good friends they are. Mm-hmm. It's one that will get those numbers. It'll work effectively. And Cassie, wow. it's crazy that you mentioned WordPress. Uh, you, could, you, you could do it on WordPress, but if you did it, it would be uh, stupid. If okay. they are they're WordPress masters, like they will figure out exactly how to make it look the best, but then on WordPress you can handle it after that. Oh wow. Yeah. They they input like drag and drop tools, easy to edit fields, custom templates, whatever you want they're work, gonna work with you. That's okay. the Cyber Sprout way. They're gonna make it foolproof. I'm I'm into this. This probably will get better because I do want everybody to come to this website and see just like get the real stats behind you guys everybody loves googling to see the net worth of stars i just want them to see the net stats for oh, you guys. don't put our net worth on okay <laughs> I'll, anything else but don't please don't that would uh, be simply too depressing i will not i would say cassie if you want to get started just go to cybersprout.net thank you Mike. they're your partner for the digital world well they're, guys, I... they're your partner for the digital world digital world digital world we did it world Got it. Got it in one. That was so good. Thank you guys for this help. Uh, I need you guys to help me with the rest of this episode where we're going to be talking about, uh, for the main event, we're going to be talking about Marvel 616. But before that, we're celebrating in the bullpen. We're back here for the bullpen. And I'm not quite sure what's happening. I was just told, I got a memo. It said it was time to celebrate me in the boardroom. So I'm here. Uh, Ryan, was this, it looked like your handwriting. Are you the reason we're here? Yeah. Well, we were going to carry you. Uh, we we're gonna we we're gonna dump a bunch of pig's blood on your head, but instead, because it's the holidays, why don't we celebrate with a very Disney Christmas? Cut to the music, playing the music, playing the music. Mm-hmm. Hold for applause. What do I do hold, with all this pig blood now? Hold for laughter. Uh, that's your Christmas present, Mike, from the board. Take it home, enjoy oh, it. I'm gonna drink it. Share it with your family. Uh, so I don't know if you guys noticed, but a couple days ago, as of this recording, the uh, Walt Disney Company had their Disney Investor Meeting. And unleashed upon to us 75 or 80 new projects that are actually all just old projects repackaged. Um, (laughs) So what we're going to do is all of those projects are going to go away. The three of us are never going to see any of them. Except for the gifts we're going to give each other for Christmas. So we all... Is this this because we didn't invest enough? Yeah, we didn't invest. (laughs) We only have one share each. And we can't watch any of the other good ones. You said there's 80 of them, Ryan, and we only get the ones we gift. So, yeah, the, the premise of the bit, which is uh, written in stone, is that Cassie can only watch out of everything what me and Mike gift her. And <laughs> You fuckers better gift me the right things. There is so much more on the line now. I might get furious if I am gifted the wrong well, things. I, I want listeners to know that they think Cassie's doing this about this bit we're doing. At her birthday and at Christmas, she tells us the same thing. <laughs> you fuckers better give me the right gifts. <laughs> you, better, you, I swear to God, you guys. And you know what? For the birthday, you guys didn't do that good. So this is your time to fucking shine. And well, the I br- think 
the birthday we talked a big game. We we had planned out this whole like Mad Max Fury Road right. theme, yeah. but we didn't Zero do any execution. of that shit. We did Zero not do it. <laughs> well, I'm gonna give you guys. It, I think it's time to try to redeem yourselves. So why don't you guys just share what you're gonna give me, so I can just go ahead and get this anger out right at the top right here. Mike, what is the first thing you are gifting me? Uh, the first thing I notice notice what how she said that. What is the first of many, Mike? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is the first gift I have for you, Cassie. Is nobody uses the phrase better or more often Buck Wild than Mm -hmm. one Cassie? And so to you, me, uh, via Disney, gifts you the Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild, which is a Ice Age (laughs) spinoff slash reboot about a character named Buck Wild. This yes, I will accept this. This announcement was just straight up Disney saying, "No, motherfuckers, we own everything." Even yeah, shit I did that not you know didn't they know about. That. Yeah, we have Ice Age. We don't care. It's gonna be garbage, but we own it, and you don't. I actually, I didn't look too much into this. I didn't know it wasn't about the little squirrel dude. So the squirrel dude's not in it. It's his own character called Buck Wild. Uh, its name is Scrat, and I assume uh, okay, yes. that it will probably also be in it because it is like their little mascot. So. Yeah. But, but this is also- a new character, Buck Wild. Okay, all right, Mike. Pr- hey, pretty good job. Thank you for this gift, uh, Ryan. What do you got for me? Is Cassie's biography called uh, "A Life Being Buck Wild"? My dudes. Cassie, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Cassie, I know what you are into, mm-hmm. and so what I got you was a show called uh, Obi Wan Kenobi, a Disney Plus show called Obi Wan Kenobi, which features Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader. Yes. This is what yeah. makes you the happiest. Oh my god, it truly does. This was one of the ones, again, I was going to flip out if I couldn't get this because I absolutely need to see this. He's going to reprise his role and I get to see him whine some more. There's nothing. I want to see this grown-ass man cry more. And thank you, Ryan. Thank you so much for this gift. So many many girls are into Ewan McGregor. But Cassie's like, no, no, no. It's Hayden for me. Give me that crying boy. (laughs) It is weird to think of him as aging. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what he looks like now and I refuse to learn. Yeah, it's but gonna be a real surprise. The the in the pitch it said young Darth Vader. So yeah. I do want like a more youthful looking helmet and cape, you know? A mohawk instead of like the normal like <laughs> yeah. weird dress skirt helmet. <laughs> okay, what um I we I don't know how much time we have. I might do a speed round to see what else you guys give me later on, but I feel like I wanna make sure that you guys get gifts too. So uh let's go ahead and go to the gifts that we're gonna get Mike. I'll go ahead and start it off. Ooh. Mike, the first thing I want to give you, because it immediately made me think of you, and I know you are one of the few people who like really appreciate this, I'm going to give you the theater release movie of Jungle Cruise. I simply, <laughs> oh. I don't know what they are doing with it. I don't know if we are just riding the ride, but I know you will appreciate it, so you're welcome. Thank, thank you, Cassie. Uh, you do know that I once used to go to Disneyland so much that I made friends with specific Jungle Cruise drivers, and mm-hmm. one pretended to get stabbed by one of the air spears and then I grabbed the mic and with a friend did the rest of the jokes for him. Uh, I celebrate the entire Jungle Cruise oeuvre and this means a lot to me. And I I absolutely love that in a day filled with announcements about Marvel properties, (laughs) Mike is gifted Jungle Cruise. Ryan, Ryan, Cassie can't hear this hopefully. Uh, like just like when your nana gives you like some yeah. stupid podunk troll. This, this is, is the socks. Just being very polite. It just happens. I have a specific and real story about the jungle cruise. 
It should be noted, I did not try to give you guys good gifts, just so you know. I just tr- found the ones that are right for your soul. It doesn't mean they're good. I just found the most you. So, oh, no, no. Uh, Even in a segment called With Christmas in its Title, <laughs> still be the bully that you always are to us. Mm-hmm. Merry Christmas. Ver- Merry Disney Christmas. Uh, Ryan, if you are so good at this, what did you give your best friend, Mike? Michael, I'm going to make up for Cassie's prank gift, borderline prank gift. Um, I'm not going to give you a thing from the Marvel Universe. I'm going to give you the entire goddamn thing. I think that what everybody has to be at this point, just know the lore, but nobody more than you except for me, but you are second. Uh, I'm going to give you what if. I'm going to give you all of those cartoons of all of the different crazy things that could happen in the Marvel Universe. That's awesome. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it, this gift. At this point, now that we've been like like just dead into porn, this is it, right? Like yeah. w- watching uh Jeffrey Wright in those dark dulcet tones just like describing a crazy scenario and then us watching it play out. Hell yeah. I think T'Challa becomes Star Lord in mm-hmm. the preview, and I could just see you being like screaming so loud out of happiness that you look down, and you're like, Well, hello there, big boy. And go to town on yourself. This is this is our Christmas time. How does it always get here, you guys? Especially at Christmas time. <laughs> you guys are monsters, and that's why you got Jungle Cruise. All right, now we got to give the gifts to Ryan. I'll start it off because apparently I give shit gifts, so I'll let Mike come in and save it again or whatever the fuck. Ryan, my best friend, who I love and adore, uh, I am giving you Turning Red, which is the story about a young girl God who's going through it. puberty. I bought Turning Red for Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm glad I got to get that one first because I feel like it's just more fitting for you. Like, I, I know you love red pandas and it's just like, hey, it's a buck wild story. This is insane. This is fucking ginger racism, first of all, uh, <laughs> because I turn red. If you just look at me, then I glow like fucking Rudolph's balls. But Cassie, every single time that Mike and I just like even bring up snot, you turn red and uh-huh. into a big panda bear. This is uh, fine. You know what? There's a gift receipt, so I guess take my gift back. Okay. All right. Well, I I'm glad. I don't you think are gift receipts this. are supposed to say you hand it to the the gift giver and say you do this. <laughs> this is your chore. You brought this responsibility. No, that is you. literally what they're for. They don't have the price on it. You give the gift receipt to the person you're giving the gift to, so they can take it back. Yes. But you're giving it back to me. But you're saying you handed the gift and the receipt <laughs> back to Cassie and said you do this. Yeah. Okay. okay, well, we handled Christmas differently, I guess. <laughs> All right, Mike, I guess, what did you get, Ryan? Is it any better? Uh, it's so much better. Uh, it's, okay. it's, you know, it's not stereotyping Ryan at all. Uh, Ryan likes uh, properties done well, a rebooted ones, especially when they failed a bunch. Uh, I know he specifically likes this creator. I think he would enjoy anything Noah Hawley brings to the table. So Noah Hawley's Alien TV show is... Right up Ryan's alley. I don't think we know what weird twists he's going to bring to it, but it's a bunch. Mike, I liked Prometheus. Okay? <laughs> and the one that came after that. like <laughs> Whose name we don't even remember. <laughs> it's called Alien colon something. Uh, yeah, this is great. Again, in a world filled with Star Wars and Marvel properties, um, I guess I won't get that. But I appreciate you <laughs> looking outside of the box, which is weird for gift giving, because typically when you open a gift, you look inside the yeah. box. Uh, the only gifts I give are in Taco Bell fast food bags. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, and I also like, despite Fargo's slight falling off, I can't, um, I, I don't know which showrunner I would want on anything other than him, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, you guys. That's how you do it, Cassie. 
I think I think I've learned. So let's just do a quick speed run here. I think I've finally learned. So I'm gonna give both my gifts for you guys for nope. Let's go ahead and you guys give me my gifts again. I <laughs> I don't like not getting any more gifts. So uh, two quick ones from you guys, Ryan. Let's start with you. Well, Cassie, I got you um, She Hulk because uh, you that like you're just you're you tr- you're just like a big, tall, mean, muscular bully that punches us. Okay. And then I got you something called turning red because that's what you do when we talk about something embarrassing. <laughs> well, Ryan, thank you for that. I'm going to give you the gift receipt back for turning red if you can go ahead and return that. Thank you very much. I that's do not appreciate how it works. She- I appreciate She-Hulk. Uh, not for the reasoning, but I am very excited to see that. So thank you for that. Uh, Mike, what do you got for me? Uh, first, I got you Limitless, which is not connected to the Bradley Cooper movie or the TV spinoff of such. It is Chris Hemsworth doing crazy shit as Chris mm-hmm. Hemsworth. It sounds like uh, Man versus Animal mixed with Jackass, but starring Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Uh, so I think rippling muscles and stupidity. You know me. You'd God. enjoy watching that. You know me so well. Thank you, Mike. And- I that's actually a pretty I, good one because there's a lot of times where me and Michael just be high on a couch watching like Adventure Time and we'll be like, Cassie, do you want to come over? And she'll send a selfie of just like her on some cliff, like some red rock cliff that she had just climbed. So mm-hmm. she's definitely the closest to Chris Hemsworth out of the three of us. Uh, and then the other one is, is a gift for you and also kind of uh, your roommate and partner in crime. It's uh, the gift of, I guess the actual gift is you watching your roommate meltdown because this show is called Flora and Ulysses. It's about a girl who can talk to squirrels and is best friends with squirrels and is not squirrel girl at all. So I'm giving you the gift of watching Caitlin cry every time you watch it. That is, I did have to mention that one to uh, my roommate Caitlin because I was like, hey, there's one with a squirrel. It's a squirrel sidekick and a, a tear strolled down her face. So thank you. Because that means they will not put out money for a squirrel girl show. They're not going to have two squirrel based <laughs> adventure shows. Oh, no, they will not. Absolutely not. Okay, Micah, I'll go. What I got you. Um, I know you also enjoy, like, I don't know if this is true about you, but I think you used to carry around an Indiana Jones whip, or I made that up about you. I don't want to know the answer to that. So I am I'll gifting you the fifth Indiana Jones movie. You are welcome for that. I'm Thank also going to gift you the long form musical series of Moana because you know what? I just actually want to give you something you might enjoy. So I will love that. I love Moana. Thank you so much. And the Indiana Jones thing, do you know what's dope is, uh, isn't the director who did Logan directing Indiana Jones five. And so we're going to get that kind of retired old grizzled story for Indiana Jones. And I'm oh. fucking here for it. Oh <laughs> yeah. All right, Ryan, what, uh, what do you got for Mike? What else? Anything? Uh, yeah, I did get... This is a comic book show that is not Marvel. So this is sort of like a double-edged what? sword. Um, but I am going to gift Mike Why the Last Man. It's been so long, uh. and it might finally be coming. And it doesn't have Shia LaBeouf in it, which it originally did. But now he's, I think, permanently canceled. Yes? Can we all just... As of yesterday? <laughs> yeah, as of yesterday. Can we just be done? Uh, and then I'm also going to give Mike She-Hulk because... Tatiana Maslany is officially in it. And then finally, Mike, uh, you're the only person in the world who gives a shit that there's a Willow TV show. So you can fucking have that shit, too. <laughs> so many gifts. Thank you. <laughs> All right. And uh, who else do we got? We got a gift to Ryan now, of course, our speed round for Ryan. Ryan, I care about you again. So I have given you, I know you care about baseball. I'm going to give you win or lose the long form animated series about a middle school softball team. Cause I know you didn't <laughs> get your sports. So I'm giving you your sports. You're welcome for that. I'm also going to give you the hybrid live action feature film of Chip and Dale featuring John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. All right. You probably meant this as a prank, but I'm in, I want <laughs> this. <laughs> I figured you would honestly probably be in. It just, it's so, it's so buck wild. We got to do, do it. Do, do we know who's playing their hot, friend gadget 
Gadget. Or Monterey Jack. <laughs> but I'm into both of them. Cheers! I, I don't know. I don't think that's announced, and that's we will look forward to that. Um, Mike, what else did you get? A- uh, I got Ryan. It's it's not your favorite comic book property, but you like these people and defend them more than anybody else I know. So I'm giving you the finally first ever good Fantastic Four movie. Uh, I'm so stoked. No, like I I I've been getting into them more and more recently, and uh, uh John fucking Watts. Well, the, John Watts that like that settles me down, and I I think this could finally be good. Uh, my wife asked me like why I was excited because she was like, "What? This is the fourth, the fifth reboot of this shit." But I think that there's a lot here. They just need to figure it out. Yeah, it's uh, they're good characters, so it'll be it'll be a good time at the movies at our house. Uh, and then I also have for you, uh, nobody other than you likes the Thirty Years Later sequel, and I think maybe it'll finally make you appreciate it. So this is kind of a, a help you gift. Normally it's like. Work out for dummies, and you're like, fuck you. Uh, it's Hocus Pocus 2. I'm giving you Hocus Pocus 2, and you're going to finally fall in love with this property. I have never seen Hocus Pocus or any Mighty Duck movie, and both of those two properties can fuck right off and die. So the crossover you're not excited about at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hocus Duckus? No. Oh, man. Well, I, I think this was a huge success for our very first Very Merry Disney Christmas. I forgot the name of it already, but like I... I'm just so filled with joy. Thank you guys for all these gifts. I hope you enjoyed your gifts. That is, uh, we got to move on to our main event, though. So, bye. It is time. We have made it to the main event where we are talking about two episodes of Marvel 616. I'll start it off with the fourth episode. On the fourth episode of Marvel 616, Marvel and Disney Plus are trying their shot at comedy with this mockumentary-ish style episode that shows Paul Shear trying to reboot the unpopular comic Brute Force and it and turn it into an animated series. This comic features a group of animals that have been outfitted with super suits and are fighting for the environment, an idea that everyone from Marvel execs to Paul Shear's famous friends all find ridiculously funny. The show does not get made, and we knew that from the start. So, Taste Buds, I ask you, what was the purpose of this episode? Was it, to, was it a chance for them to try to be funny? Are we getting a brute force series created by Favreau? What is going on? Is, is this a thoughtful interrogation of creativity? I, could it have been? I, I feel like it probably could have. There was a lot it could have been, is what I feel. And this was directed by him, yes? Yeah. Dir- yeah. And, by him, and, and by him, I mean Brute Force? Yes, it's <laughs> him, Brute Force. Uh, they Voltron into one person named Paul Shear. Yeah, the, the pitch is that this all happened in 2019. I don't believe any of that. I don't mm-hmm. believe he ever thought he was going to do this. This is all a bit. It, I love Paul Shear. I love when people right. say that, and then what are we going to get? <laughs> it feels like any of the jokes that were in here are way too safe. It's not like his bonkers weirdness. And I think trying to straddle the line between being Disney-friendly and being polished funny broke him, and it gave the worst, by far, episode of 616. Well, yeah, I will say, though, yeah, after watching uh, the first five episodes, um, I think it's clear that you, they're trying to do a thing where you never know what you're going to get. You know, like we're going we're right. to send eight directors out to make eight hours of whatever they want. And so it's going to be different. And that, that should be awesome unless I'm starting to get this feeling that like, what if none of them were awesome? Like I started, <laughs> I started to like get dragged down with these two episodes. Uh, with Paul Shear, I love Paul Shear, but <laughs> there's... There's something about him, and like Mike, to argue with what you said, uh, all of his famous friends were funny. 
All of them. Yes. So mm-hmm. we know that like somebody is noticing that you can be funny and you can include it in this thing. I think the thing with Paul Shear, and I've been thinking it for a long time, but this hour sort of brought together is I I don't like watching him be a normal person. There's something that's very right. uncomfortable that mm-hmm. makes me uncomfortable about like watching him intently listening to people and being supportive <laughs> and laughing when things aren't funny and yeah it's like he learned how to human by watching people right. and it yes. all feels <laughs> fake but not in such an escalated way that it feels purposeful right yeah this uh i'm fine with paul Shear. i just want to come out and say this episode made me want to punch him in the face like every time he <laughs> sat down with like a marvel exec he or just anybody who was like a like a writer or something it was the most insincere thing i've ever watched and his interview <laughs> style is to just repeat what they've said in a higher pitch and just be like no 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 you want me to repeat it in a higher pitch no no yeah. <laughs> that's all this is one of the j- legit funniest parts and i don't know if it was supposed to be is when they, they, this is way way deep into the process and they know it's brute force and paul says who does toys better than marvel and he goes and they all look like shit there's not one good-looking Marvel toy. <laughs> that was hilarious because I don't think of Marvel doing good toys. Uh, and the, like another thing too along those lines is that uh, you know we knew that this was propaganda, and we've been uh, we're now like fully aware, fully immersed in the fact that Marvel has never done anything wrong and has been woke as fuck since day one. But they shot in a comic book store, and they they made sure to stand in a corner that only had Marvel comics on the wall. Like yeah. they won't even admit to the fact that other things could exist right yeah it's 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 all over this this series yeah the other part that was like genuinely funny to me besides like the friend interviews was when they went to like the guy who created brute force and it's him like showing all the ideas he had for it in his drawings and every Uh time he brought something new out it was just like no dude this could literally happen a bear could literally hold a bear zuka he was like and you can see this in the future like this all led like a bear riding a motorcycle it's been happening dude and i was like fuck <laughs> yeah dude fuck yeah dude this guy this guy really showed what we all think about comic book creators is true like the the women in marvel one was just like all these badass bitches just like shooting the shit and creating awesome stuff and this guy this is this is the reputation he's just like uh no i i do think that if the you know if the federal government stopped uh, like holding us down, we could definitely have all of this stuff. I bet if, you, if there's a secret room in this guy's house that is insane and a rip in half bear with a motorcycle wheel just shoved into the gun. Okay, so that one didn't work, but I know I know what went wrong. You gotta fail before you can succeed. I a part I really liked is when they were talking about like the off the walls characters they've had before they got mm-hmm. to brute force like typeface and uh I, that's the only one i wrote down because it just looked like a dumb other oh, the, the street poet ray <laughs> but it felt like they like that even the pacing is wrong because like that whole pacing was slow but it should have gotten like weirder and faster mm-hmm. before you landed on brute force weirder faster stronger yeah. and also like uh i want to talk to those creators and i'm going to be like you're made fun of now is that okay and you know did yeah. you think that it was going to go this way and did you think that you had the next Spider-Man on your hands? And Marvel is, and they talk about this, like the, the official handbook to the Marvel Universe is filled with typefaces. I right. want to know more about them. But then we get the... Yeah, that's we get, interesting. We get this fake bullshit brute force thing that... And so when he was talking to Charles Viola, who created Brute Face, he calls him a modern day's Jules Verne. Like, is he making fun of him? Is this the guy, the butt of the joke of the show, and he doesn't know it? It, it was very hard to tell. Yeah, 
the whole time I was trying to figure out literally the purpose of this episode, because like we said, I was like intrigued by all the like weird characters Marvel had. So it could have been like a cool, like in-depth, like on that. And it wasn't on that. It wasn't like a how to get us like a story on tomorrow, like Disney plus it was, it was just a weird nonsense thing we watched. So all of the, all of the things that you thought it could be, that would have been awesome. It was none of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. None, none of those. Uh, do you, was there a, uh, we do got to talk about his famous friends though. Cause there was one that I'm sure Mike was incredibly excited for. They did get Rachel Bloom to come on. Yeah. How, much, how excited were you? All of them. I'm a huge fan of all those people. We got mm-hmm. Funches. We got Rachel Bloom. We got Nicole Byer and John Hamm. Like they all killed it. And, yeah. and they weren't, they weren't so vanilla, you know, cause yes. that they were, they, they could just straight up say like, what the fuck? This is insane. This is terrible. <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely the best part. Uh, all right, you guys, that's all the time we have to talk about that fourth episode. Moving on to the fifth one. On the fifth episode of Marvel 616 is Suit Up, directed by fashion documentarian Andrew Rossi. The doc tells the story of several Marvel cosplayers, including Jasmine and Shuri, Marcy as Doctor Strange, Amanda as Cable, and Josh and Trash as Cap and Peggy. Trish, not Trash. That is not her name. I think there's Josh some commentary Trish. there. <laughs> Revealing your cards, Gazzy. <laughs> I ask you, am I an asshole? And also, did any of these individual stories help propel this hour-long parade of nerdies? Yeah, they were all... They, there was different levels of interest in their stories. Uh, you can't bat a thousand. The gal who played Shuri was... Her, her work was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. her costumes were fucking sweet. Uh, and watching her husband be just so incredibly supportive was adorable. Yeah. Like, I yeah. could watch them a lot more and he even wore like a black panther jacket to let people know he was like her helper uh, and i don't want to be the person and, and, that like says something like uh girl you can pull better ass than that so i won't say that don't say yeah. somebody Good. should but it, it will not be me it. but we definitely understand it's because he supports her in her weird there's they're creepy blank walls but all surfaces covered with costume material that didn't freak me out at all uh i think setting it up like an event is always fun. They're all trying to get to Comic-Con. It would have made a little more sense if they were all in the costume contest and mm-hmm. the guy who played Sherry was the judge, that, but only one person was in the costume contest. That part was weird. Uh, this is sort of how documentaries like this work. Like, There's uh, Spellbound, where everybody's going to like the spelling bee, or there's uh, mm-hmm. a Scrabble tournament in a different documentary, and they're all going. Uh, this year had a documentary called Boys State, where uh, all the boys, uh, all these... like high school boys came together and to form a new government and the documentarians had to pick who they thought was going to be important before it started. Right. And mm. you know, this one tried and didn't get everybody. Uh, but I thought it was a good mix. Uh, Jasmine. Yeah. Jasmine. I found out is when you said Mike, uh, you thought her work was good. I thought you were talking. It's not just that her skills are great, but also her job. She turned around and she was like, when I'm not being sure I'm just fucking designing characters for video games. Like, God damn, yeah. girl. Yeah, red. Yeah, yeah her husband just... was like, she has the more exciting job. And I was like, oh, what's that going to be? And she was like, the coolest fucking job out yeah. there. I created <laughs> video game characters. And I was like, fuck me. Okay. But with all of the, with all of like the woke maudlin ways that this documentary has, I think Amanda struck me the most of just, like, it sort of eased us into the fact that, like, the, that dog that she's forcing into costumes is not just a dog, but like a, you know, a helper dog because yeah. you know, she's got autism and what it's like to use costumes not to be bullied, which is what we thought costumes were for, but to make friends. Just put a big bullseye for yeah, the bullies. Exactly. Uh, yeah, one, I, I want to dress up my dog and make it do 
cosplay now. That was awesome. And yeah, it, it was a good story. And her cable looked fucking dope. Yay. She was also very good. And watching the, like her talk about how awkward she is and watch her with her cosplay friends like open up in a way she didn't think she could. Like All of that's very heartwarming mm-hmm. uh, in a good way. The, the weakest, I think, is Steve. Steve! I don't oh. know, remember their real names. Which, but Cap and Peggy. Yeah. Uh, just not an interesting story. It also felt like his friends are good at making costumes and picked him because he could pull off Cap better. But he's like, well, he does the 3D printing and he does the sewing. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck do you do, bro? It was him. Like, they do all the work. And then he was like, and now my wife's getting into it. And the whole time she was like, so we just like can't move anywhere Dude. when they're taking our photos. And like, I, do, I, be, I try to be another person. This is at, okay. At no point was like, the, the plot was supposed to go, Trish married a nerd, John. And now she's going to try to get nerdy with him. But I thought there was going to be some sort of arc. But instead, the whole time, she was like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, why are yeah. we doing this? Trash. And, and not even a good costume of Peggy. Like, I thought it was going to be the, the boss blue dress with a sweet red hat. And she was just like in a boring army uniform. You don't need to sew that. You could buy that at any fucking well, army store. Th- that's the other thing, too. Like, we love Peggy Carter on this show. But as far as cosplay goes, like, the whole show was about how... Um, you know, it, it, uh, black people can be white people and girls can dress as boys and it doesn't matter like what you look like. You can make your own costume. And then she just picked some boring military uniform to stand next yeah. to her very decked out husband. Yeah. Yeah, they the, were the, that, definitely the biggest bummer. That Yeah, that did not elevate to all the other either on the surface or under the surface narratives this episode was trying to push. The other one, uh, I liked how handmade Doctor Strange's costume look. Like mm-hmm. if... Shuri looked professionally done. This one is like you put so much love and thought into it. And I, I'm sorry, I don't remember any of the cosplayers' real names. Uh, but Doctor Strange, uh, one, I want to know what their job is because their fucking penthouse in New York is yeah. insane. Huge. Uh, <laughs> and 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 so that they go by they them pronouns. And I kept trying to be like, is it cynical assuming this is just more Marvel dying to say how good they are, or mm. are they trying to push representation? Yeah. I mean, it was just based on the record of these other shows. That's the thing. It was hard to see that in like the better light, just because yeah. I know what they've done. That was like one of the things that this episode did have going for it was it felt like the least amount of propaganda, but there was that each time it was like Marvel has so many characters that anybody can latch on to. We've been woke from so long. Like mm-hmm. that was like it did focus a lot mainly on the cosplayers, so that part was nice. But there still was that backdrop of like, look at Marvel, look at all these great characters that anybody can hop onto. Yeah. Also, that Magneto costume they made was fucking awesome. And yeah. I want to see more of that. That was yeah, better they, than Doctor Strange. Just be it on a subway with your gray hair holding your Magneto helmet. And then that was that was Marcy. That was Doctor Strange, right? And they, yeah. at some point they were like, uh, yeah, I mean, subways are weird. Subways are the worst part of the job. You know, just being on the subway. That's rough. That's the... The one thing I miss about New York is uh, there's a lot of cons, and you'll just randomly be like, oh, there's Goku? All right. (laughs) It's con time. One thing I wanted to ask you guys about real quick was uh, I always think about cosplay as uh, looking like the characters on the page or the screen as much as possible, but uh, Mm -hmm. somebody who almost won the New York Comic Con uh, cosplay contest was Wolverine Couture. Yeah, that was awesome. It was a a girl in a dress who, like, her dress was just was like Wolverine's head. Have you guys see, ever seen like anything Wolverine's like that? <laughs> no, that was wild, and I really dug it. I think that's why she almost won, is because that's different. So, yeah. 
it shows like all that they really into like showing your talent and like that did it showed talent creativity she had it all so yeah there's like two different like segments it seems like yeah a very good one and then like most creative as well what was dope about that seeing the contest and why i wish it was a little more about that is so that the winners were the people who dressed up like the border tribe from black panther and pretty boringish costumes but then the judges just talked about the level of detail and all the intricacies that one made i was like oh you really care about this shit it's not just like <laughs> you look like deadpool you win yeah. uh I, I really appreciated that first place deadpool second place that other deadpool third place that other deadpool <laughs> All right, you guys, that is all the time we have to talk about this. Uh, Coming up next, we are going to another bullpen. It's bullpen number two time. And this time, you guys, we clearly have some opinions on Marvel 616. And I feel like we we think we can make it better. So we are here to do that just for season two. We are going to pitch episode ideas for 616. It can clearly be absolutely anything. And I think we can bring like our take to this and really escalate it to the next level. Season two, this one's the good one. Um, I, let's just go ahead and pitch these ideas and then we'll pass those on to Marvel. Um, Ryan, why don't you start us off with this? I think, I think that if I'm going first, then I have to speak for all three of us. And okay. for Marvel 616 and how the first five episodes have gone, uh, it's an in-depth, focused look at X-Men the Animated Series. Uh, <laughs> how, it, how it came to be. You know, what it was like when it was on and how it has since then become, and I will continue to claim this, the single most important TV show or most influential TV show of at least my lifetime. And like, I'm not fucking around when I say that. I know that Cheers and Cosby Show, Mike's favorite show, uh, have been around in my lifetime. But th- without this, we would not have any of the comic book creators that we have today. And X-Men, the movie, would not have been a hit. And... Mm-hmm. Then, so we wouldn't have the MCU. Then we wouldn't have the MCU. All everything in Hollywood, like it or not, would be different if X Men the animated series. Ryan and I would be friends, nope. which means this show wouldn't exist, which means we wouldn't know Cassie. Uh, it's it affected so many things, and I feel like the first season, like it's all they've been laying that platform for you because every episode has mentioned like X Men the animated Everyone. series mm-hmm. and how it has affected somebody. So like this one is already set up for you. Like this one makes sense to follow through with it. It just really. Really dig into why it's so amazing. Cassie, before we started doing an episode of X-Men every podcast, uh, like before you started six one, watching 616, did you know, did you believe us when it was like this influential or did you think that we were full of shit? I thought you guys were full of absolute shit. I thought it was just like when you, I thought you guys were into it. So therefore, like it was the most important thing to ever grace this earth. Like that's all I assumed. I didn't know Which it normally, actually. Normally, I think our attitude is we're into it. So of course the world hates it. <laughs> like, true. That is true. But uh, I, I did not think you guys were correct about this. But apparently I have been proved wrong so many times. Uh, Mike, what do you have as a pitch? My is season two should be completely different than season one. It should be one long thing. Uh, I'm different episodes, sucker. huh? Different episodes. Different episodes. Yes. Uh, but I'm a sucker. No matter what, even if I'm not into the industry or creative thing, I'm a sucker for long form creative competition shows. And if it was Project Runway but with cosplay costumes, oh, hell yeah. I think that would be fucking so challenges. Like, so you have to make like comic book accurate today of whatever character the judges say, or this time you have to like have the aesthetic and emotional 
core of the character, but you can't make their costume. Like, I think it would be rad to see what these people come up with. I cannot believe how excited I am for that. That sounds <laughs> right. That's awesome. such a better show. <laughs> that would like you could not have made something that I can't get. Like, my whole household would be into that. Like, that takes no convincing. Like, you don't even have to pitch that that hard. It's just like competition show of cosplay ideas. Like, fuck yeah, I'm in. Obviously. Yeah. What's that? Uh, what's that Hollywood industry term? Uh, four quadrants. Yes. You know, like that you, hits it. You hit all the ages and you know, genders and everything, but also uh, the nerds and the, the cool people who are into fashion and then uh, yeah. the reality show people. Yikers. Yikers Got Island. It. Mike came in so strong with his first pitch. That is very good. Uh, the first idea that I have for, uh, I took it as just like different episodes, each one trying to keep with it. So uh, I want to do an episode that focuses on stuntmen that they put in all their like shows. Ooh. Because like, guys, stuntmen are some crazy people. Like they are different there out there and i just want to see like i just want to follow a couple of stuntmen see like their training a typical day and like what what it takes like what it takes to actually bring these like awesome scenes that we see to life and like how they are putting their body just they're just throwing their bodies on top of cars it's wild and i would love to watch a whole episode on that just based on like the first three minutes of this segment i will put out there to the world or specifically to disney plus and marvel i will interview you this is not about us asking for a job. You can come and ask us if we will work for you, and we might yes. do it, or we might take another job. Have a, have a different director every episode or whatever, but we are your producers, mm-hmm. and we are telling you what the shows will be about. <laughs> we got this. Go ahead and hand it over. Okay, uh, Ryan, what is another idea you have? So I lo- so far, we have three uh, wildly different styles of episodes, which I do think that gels with the Marvel 616 first season. This one, I think, would be classic, like, actual documentary, like Ken Burns style. Here's old footage in Talking Heads. Uh, But I read the story this week about how uh, Marvel could no longer survive in the industry. This was, like, uh, just before Fantastic Four. They could no longer distribute their books. And so there was only one company who was self-distributing them themselves who could save them, and it was DC Comics. DC could have said, why don't you guys fucking eat shit and die, and then you'll be gone forever. But instead, DC said, you know what? We'll distribute your books, we'll keep you afloat, and then you will survive. And then, five years later, maybe five, ten years later, uh, Marvel became number one and never looked back. Dang. I want to see the shell-shocked interviews with the DC execs from that period (laughs) of time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we could have had it all. We we raised our worst enemy. And I understand that uh, that would mean that they mentioned DC, a different company, as if anything else exists in the world other than Marvel, which might be hard for this show. But I think it would be worth it because it's just uh, nanny, nanny, nanny in your face. Like, look what we did. And it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And I had no idea. I feel like a lot of people didn't know that. So that would be, like, genuinely intriguing all around. Well, I've known about it for days, so... (laughs) look at this big guy we are honestly killing this right now uh mike what else do you got uh i gotta one up my last one this is called keeping up with kirby this episode and it's uh in-depth documentary the story of how one of the best comic book artists of all time slowly became a giant pink puff ball that becomes anything he eats yes (laughs) Yes, Mike, 100%. Thank you. I I would watch this. I would put this on repeat to get the numbers that like Marvel, Disney Plus, everyone needs. Mm-hmm. I alone will bring this up if it doesn't if it doesn't Thank make you. it. I love okay, this. So, 
so Cassie, the memo said come up with multiple ideas, and Mike came up with one, and didn't mm-hmm. think the segment would go much longer than that. <laughs> I this is written down in front of me right now, every word what I said. I'm glad you already broke this because we were doing so good, and I was like, now I have some dumb ideas. So thank you, Mike, for opening this up. Allow I would me to li- follow. I don't understand. <laughs> I would like Allow to curb to- stop that idea. <laughs> we'll have Ryan bring it back together because I, you guys, for my next episode. I want to pitch the battle that we all need and we all deserve, and that's the battle of the Chris's that is guaranteed to make Chris Pratt cry. And this is just a whole episode to bully Chris Pat- Pratt and make him realize <laughs> that he is the worst Chris. And I just want a whole episode where we get all the good Chris's and then it just cuts to him. And by the end, it gets co- confirmed by Disney and by Marvel that he is the worst one. Is it like a competition show? They all have to do like yeah. Chris-based activities? <laughs> yeah, 100%. What, what if it was just Talking Heads? They interviewed a thousand famous people, and then they all they took from the interview is them saying Pratt. And so for an hour, we watch a thousand people say Pratt over and over and over Pratt, again. Pratt, 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 Pratt. It'd be like that. <laughs> all right, It'd be Ryan. like that. <laughs> um, I don't know if you want to join us on this train or if you're still trying to get some good ideas, but what is? do you have any more for us? Yes, of course I do. Cassie, I have 12 or 13 more ideas. Um, <laughs> he says that like we don't, too. I know. We're ready for this. Well, yeah, but your guys' ideas are like, uh, what if uh, Mario was Spider-Man, right? Okay. okay, keep going. Hold on. I'm writing it down. Not bad. When Mike, when Mike in the Very Disney Christmas gifted me Fantastic Four, I said that there was this will be the fourth reboot. And people are like, wait, hold on. Jessica Alba, Michael B. Jordan. This one, that's three. But wait, there's Corman. a fourth. I want an hour-long, and they won't do this because it, they're going to shit-talk their brand, but I want an hour-long documentary on this lost, terrible, Fantastic Four, low-budget movie that never came out, very few people have seen. Uh, it was supposed to be the thing that like launched Marvel into the Superman and Batman movie stratosphere, and it was so, 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 so bad that uh, n- almost nobody's seen it. Wow. Is I thought they made it to keep the rights or something. Or is it all, I guess this is why we need this documentary, to tease out all the different rumors we've heard. Do you have questions? The documentary will answer them. <laughs> okay, um, we are almost out of time. Is there any that you guys are gen- like super excited for and just want to yell out right now? Yeah, I'm here to kick ass and draw pouches, and I'm allowed to ask this to kick. The story of Rob Liefeld and why he draws the way he draws. Oh, okay. <laughs> Damn, that has its own punchline. Fuck, you know they're going to be into that. Um, Mark Grunfeld, Grunwald, I'm sorry, was a, uh, this big time Marvel editor and loved the company so much that there was really only thing to do when he died. And what they did was they cremated him and his favorite creation that he made was the power pack, which has been featured in a Marvel 616 episode. It's a group of Mm -hmm. superpower kids. Um, they cremated him and took his ashes and then put it in the ink of the trade paperback. And so every trade paperback of power pack, this one power back thing uh, has his ashes inside of it. And I would like to know the backstory of that shit. <laughs> it was in his will. We had to do it. Oh my God. That is insane. You are bringing some insane comic facts. I cannot believe anybody greenlit that and was like, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Mike, wow. how many episodes can Cassie pick from what we have? We've got uh, three, six, nine. She can pick three. All right, Cassie, you ready? Three? Are you. Fucking three of them, Mike? That's what you're telling me? 
Yep. God only three. Damn. Okay. Well, I do got to know about the ashes in the comic. That's obvious. Also, wait, hold on. Let me uh, let me run through them real quick. Okay. X Men: The Animated Series, cosplay reality show, stuntmen, DC saves DC saves Marvel, Kirby's got a Kirby. Write that one down. Uh, Chris versus Chris versus Chris. Uh, Fantastic Four Corman movie, Rob Liefeld and Mark Grunwald's Ashes. Oh, my God. Wow. This is uh, truly hard. Okay. So we're going to go Ashes to Ashes. Um, I need the cosplay reality TV show, of course. And then for this final one, just the most important one, um, Kirby turning into Kirby, of course. Son of a bitch! Yes! (laughs) Son of a goddamn bitch! I got two. <laughs> All right, Mike won that one. And coming up next, you guys, it's time for Eggs Tasmania. <laughs> Welcome to Eggs Tasmania, bitch. A mini show within a show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode look at Fox's seminal and underrated early morning soap opera from the mid-90s, X-Men the Animated Series. We've watched yet another episode, so allow me to fill you in right now. On the seventh episode of X-Men the Animated Series... We're checking out those island vibes, and sadly, there are no margaritas, just mutants being forced to build a dam with a side of betrayal. Jubilee tries to make some plans to escape, but they are all thwarted because Gambit is a fucking narc who gives the guards some inside tips. In the end, Gambit makes a run for it, which super would not have gone well if Cable hadn't had shown up and completely wrecked shit. When talking about this episode, we start off we where the episode starts off, which is, of course, the island. So guys, how do we feel about those island times? This episode is called Slave Island, so it's gonna it lets you know what's gonna happen. As soon as it opened up, I was like, "I'm sorry, what?" And then the fact that like we found out so quick that the reason they were gathering all of them, like when when they were taking the mutants, I thought it was either to try to kill them or to build a mutant army, but it was like just to make a dam, just to put them to work. They need manual labor, and (laughs) but what was cool, like if you're like the nerd. while they're like, oh, all these mutant slaves in the background, you see like Pyro and Mystique and Avalanche and Warpath and Sunfire. You're like, just like, oh, oh those characters have names. <laughs> uh, the guy does come out and he says, uh, but just so you know, despite the title of the episode, once you guys uh, build the dam, then I will let you go. That's still slavery. He has this attitude yeah. of like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Come on. Now, you guys are being jerks for not wanting to do this. Also, <laughs> build the dam. What is the dam? Is, 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 it, is it nothing but a giant wall? Doesn't he just want the wall to be built? Are all these wall yes. builders the same? Yeah. Anybody yeah. who wants to build or ever has built a wall is probably a monster. This, we find out, uh, a lot of weird stuff has happened. I think this used to be a normal country. There's a colonel who is now called the leader who has a stupid ponytail and it's mostly because he met Gyrich and the other scientist. And the, the dam is all to generate enough power so their master mold sentinel maker can just keep making sentinels. Yes, okay. There's a lot to talk about there. Let's, can, whew, can, we, go, can we go slowly through the beginning? Because <laughs> yeah, I just pee a little. S- <laughs> Should we start with, so like we see them building the dam, which of course they're not going to be into. So they try to make their first escape, which is when mm-hmm. storm attacks as soon as they let off. So they have these restrictive collars that hold back their power, but they turn those off when they're building because obviously they want that power to build the ban- dam quickly. So uh, that's our first time we get to see Storm try to escape. So Storm straight up says, Gambit, Jubilee, now. And, and she attacks and Gambit grabs Jubilee and he's like, no. And yeah, Jubilee <laughs> tries. 
<laughs> and Gambit just goes, mm-mm. This so, whole time is Gambit just like, no, let's not do anything. It's just Gambit like sucking the entire time. And He's like, don't try that. Storm plummets into the river looking betrayed. Screaming. Uh, like While she's flying, they're like, oh, uh, yeah, they restrict your powers. And so she goes and her powers are working and then they stop and she screams, my powers! And my powers! That, that's one of multiple times of, like in this episode where people just look at something and say the most fucking obvious possible thing that they can. Storm is effusive, okay? Uh, and a sentinel saves Storm from drowning and Jubilee's shocked. She's like, I thought we always kill them and Gambit with the most Cajun bullshit in the world goes, there's always more gators in the bayou. <laughs> God, the writing for him hurts so much. Then we also get, uh, so they were going to kill Storm at this point when the Sentinel gets Storm. And that's when Gambit comes in to save it all by telling how powerful she is that they don't realize uh-huh. how fucking powerful in every single thing she can do. Well, this th- fucking idiot. I think Gambit says at one point, um, uh, Storm has won best power or MVP across seven episodes of the superhero <laughs> show show. So obviously you want to keep her alive. But this part is confusing because Gambit stops Jubilee like a fucking dickhead. And then starts, or maybe he's out to save Jubilee, right? Just like you're just gonna, yeah. kill, you, you're gonna get yourself killed, um, and then rats out everything. But you could also make the argument that the only way to save Storm is to, you know, say how powerful she is. Right. I think he they were about to kill her, and he goes, "No, no, no. She's the most powerful of all of us. I don't know these other chuds, but I can tell by looking at them, she's more powerful than all yeah. of them." Uh, so they throw. They, they're just like, "Oh, what's her biggest fear? We already have a prison for that. Throw her in the box." <laughs> and then we get like, that screaming. Got that screaming again. So, uh, yeah, Ju- uh, sorry, she gets thrown in the box, and then everyone else gets. To- to go back to their little prison cells where they uh, get to be thankful for being in there. And that is uh, when we get to see their next escape attempt, which is when the power goes out from uh, something we don't know quite yet. And that is when Jubilee tries to make an escape and is shut down yet again from Gambit. Well, yeah, Jubilee picks her lock and tries to get Gambit to be like, let's do a revolution. He goes, go back (laughs) into your cell. You're going to end up exactly like Storm. He could be so much more communicative than he is being. That's the thing, too. And like, Either Gambit sucks or the writing sucks, but uh, you know, even though we all knew that Gambit was going to come around in the end, in this moment, he's undeniably just being a moody little piece of shit. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this is this because Jubilee leaves, so it's no longer an act for Gambit. He still looks off, you know, away from camera and is sad. He really does think that his friends don't love him. <laughs> he really, you know what? And we probably like. I think they were trying to make us feel sad for him. I didn't, didn't at all. Oh, yeah, because he doesn't say, no, don't do it. She's like, well, I'm going to get everybody else. And he goes, they like you better yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then his big, new people they haven't met. His big bottom <laughs> lip comes out. And uh, they were way more excited. Everybody else was like, hell yeah, I'm down for a revolution. And that was the worst part is that Gambit was like, go away. And everybody else was like, we got your back. Yeah, yeah. we're down for this. It was insane. While, while this is going on on Slave Island, uh, do not vacation on anywhere called that. Uh, in the mansion, Wolverine shows back up. They say, where have you been? He sneezes and says, somewhere cold and is not helpful. <laughs> and then they're all like, it's weird we haven't heard from them. We're going to fly. Professor, do you want to come? And he's like, no, I have things to do. And then just makes a phone call. Well, like, he's just like, nah, I got a call. I don't know. It's not just a phone call. It's a booty call. And yeah. um, this will be the future mother of David, one David Haller. Uh, yes. But it's also this episode's version of continuing, like making sure that 
next episode or five episodes from now is set up secretly in this episode. You know, like it's it's it right. seems like a weird random scene if you don't know that this this show is always planting those seeds. Watch forever. That there's another that there's another hint and way ahead. But uh, when we finally see the bad guys running Genosha. They're like, where did you make those sweet collars? And they're like, oh, some Scottish scientists made from them. And if you're a super nerd, you know that Scottish scientist that has mutant dampening powers is, of course, the person Professor X just called. Is she Scottish, Mike? It's hard to tell. Her name is Moira McTaggart. Are you that sure? That's a racist name. Are you sure that's, <laughs> that's not Chinese or Jamaican or something? Uh, also, maybe this is not something I would notice if it wasn't COVID times, but Wolverine coming, like, coming back into this very secure headquarters and then just sneezing his bullshit all over everyone. Thanks for bringing that shit in, Wolverine. (laughs) Can't trust him. Uh, Yeah, after we get that scene of just knowing that Wolverine's back and they are going to send out the team to this island, we then cut back to the island and uh, after they uh, attempt to go for this attack on the guards, but that's when we find out that uh, they were working with some inside information and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. I don't know the who rebellion it could be. Failed. <laughs> and we don't know. And then when we see Gambit walk through, like after commercial break, he's just fully spilling. They call themselves the X Men. <laughs> <laughs> All the de- every single detail. He was like, "Listen, this one's lactose intolerant. This one has a nut allergy. <laughs> what else do you want from me?" But he won't tell them where they live because he's like, "Well, you might kill me, so I'll lead you there." Mm-hmm. So they're it, now, it's not just luring people to their slave island. They're going to go across international soil and just kidnap people from their home. I got to say, I don't know if you, dam. I don't know if you guys's, your guys' life was anything like mine, but, uh, or most kids of my generation, but uh, Jubilee realizes that uh, Storm is losing her mind while also uh-huh. realizing that Gambit is a cheating traitor. Jubilee is a child of divorce. This is exactly <laughs> what it's like, is to just watch these people that you trust and love do this shit. Do you know what's crazy about Genosha's plan of stealing mutants to do that? They they have dozens of just giant, strong robots. Do you yes. know what would probably be really good at building a huge dam? Is fucking robots. Or the Robots that already listen to everything you say. The plan of, uh, we're going to let you use your powers, but you better not <laughs> too bad with that. Yeah. <laughs> don't not try yet. to use them when I take off these collars, because then I won't like that. This is when Gambit's spilling all the lactose intolerant beans. Uh, this is when we get his second like lip pouting because they're like, wait, why are you helping us? And he's like, they're not my friends. They don't like me. They don't trust me. They just use me. And I'm like, there's, everybody on the X-Men treats everybody basically the same except for Wolverine and Cyclops. So there's no evidence of that. <laughs> Although, I mean, I wonder how important last episode was when Gambit said, I heard a thing and Cyclops yeah, said, exactly. I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird to instead be like Cyclops is a dick to be like I will betray all of them <laughs> which is like I'm just waiting for this arc for every single character because that seems to be everyone's problem is that they feel like the team doesn't love them so yeah. like, I'm excited to see how that affects all of them in the future I, I mean listeners of Superhero Show Show can hear that on here as well like every week <laughs> we feel loved by one but uh, uh, hated by the other <laughs> Well, that's the rules of three. One of them has to be hated. It's just how it has to happen. It's that's how, how middle, middle children come about. It's how you keep people in line on Slave Island. Uh, <laughs> can we get to Master Mold? Uh, yes. Are you guys into, as much as I am, um, a thing that makes things, but it looks like the bigger version of that thing? Like, yes. how, how much more would you this... enjoy cookies if cookies were made by a giant cookie? 
I assume this is how cars are made. <laughs> like you a need a new car. Ford Taurus. It's just a bigger Ford Taurus poops it out. Blah. <laughs> it's that just means these scientists are nerdy as hell. I know. Mm-hmm. It's a machi- it's like a it's a, like a self-working factory. It could have any design, but they designed it to look like a big old sentinel sitting on a toilet. And it still talks. Like it's uh, cuz at a certain point it's like I'm still plugged in. Okay. <laughs> this is what I was referring to. Not only talks, it has a mind. Like it can think. <laughs> Just all it is is an you know easy what, bake bros? oven. You, you don't need to build that part of it. But <laughs> do you think in the factory where they build easy bake ovens is a giant easy bake oven <laughs> yes. pumping out easy bake ovens? But no, it was- uh, it's easy bake oven legs. The line reading of the century for all of television, not just this show, is him getting up to escape or kill people from his big toilet that he sits on and makes fucking <laughs> sentinels and then looking down and being, ah, I'm still plugged in. God damn it. There's so many periods between each one of his words, too. I am still plugged in. <laughs> he might be my favorite character. I love him. <laughs> backing track a little uh so gambit's like in their heads he's leading them to the x-men uh and then blows up his car and you're like oh maybe he wasn't betraying and that's when cable enters the wild man of borneo (laughs) good joke cable like (laughs) that's something he thinks is hilarious (laughs) that is chamberish he he turned around pointed his gun at gambit and he was like you laugh at my Borneo reference. Like nobody <laughs> knows what you're talking about, dude. And and we learn, and this is like I, probably the first episode that like is this a kids show? Not because it's inappropriate, because like how convoluted things are getting. A character we are just meeting in the middle of this episode. We've learned has been living in the woods for a week. Was a mercenary for the leader and took to the hills to start a revolution. And I quote, <laughs> at a fucking bad guy board meeting, they're all sitting <laughs> at a table, and somebody's like, "Who's that fucking weird guy?" That that guy who's like three feet taller than everybody, uh, and somebody's like, "Oh, that's that's Cable. He's a mercenary." So he threw his wages back in the leader's face and took to the hills to start a revolution. That is the first line of a song that turns bums into heroes. What does <laughs> does he want Cable to be like loved and admired by everyone in the hills? It sounds like you should it. say, uh, uh, "No, he's a he's a liberal racist. You know, he's like a psychopath." Instead, he started writing this like <laughs> guitar song, this Bob yeah. Dylan song about this legend. And then Cable took to the hills. He said, "I'm gonna start a revolution." Uh, Cable is the hero that like they needed, and we do get him. Like, if it wasn't for Cable, absolutely wrecking shit. Like, they would have been done for. It was insane. Like, he came in and he was like, "It's easy to take them out. Watch this." Yeah, I mean, yeah, for, we see it with Gambit. Gambit is prisoner, and he's in the back of that car. And he's like, uh, do you guys like card tricks? And I expect him to charge the cards with his power, but he's like, watch them fly away. Oh, God, I <laughs> fell out of a car. <laughs> and then Cable comes and saves him like he saves everybody. Yeah. And then Gambit goes to unlock Storm and Jubilee and picks the lock by blowing up the door, which luckily it blew out outwards and didn't destroy <laughs> both of these women. Uh, and then Jubilee's like, you jerk. You thought I thought you were a real traitor, not just pretending. And Gambit just like looks shifty-eyed at the camera. <laughs> For half the runtime of the episode. He's picking her up. Don't do this to a 14-year-old you're saving who thought you're a traitor to say, how could you sweat so much and not lose weight? No, no, no. God, I, so no, I want, I want to get into this. How could you sweat so much and not lose weight? So he picked up a very thin, very fit woman who he often calls petite and says, for such a sweaty pig, 
I thought you would be thinner. <laughs> he calls her petite in at the in end of that, that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> but is, is, is that is that what he's saying? Like for somebody who sweats, yes. Like uh, someone whose pores are always You're pouring out in a metal box, sweating. So surely you should be lighter. Wow. Yeah. He's yeah. just. I think. I think every like peacocking the game playing guy from the two thousands just based their personality off of Gambit. Yeah, <laughs> that is it. Uh, we then get you know their final fight. They take down the dam. The other we get Storm almost dying. We are almost out of time. So if you guys want to stop me at any point, oh that- well, Storm is such an extra bitch that she can't just do it. She has to go. I summon the full power of the storm, <laughs> and all the new mutants who aren't used to are just like, what the fuck is her? Also, Storm is sort of always badass, except for that one moment where she uses all of her powers and then falls to the ground, as you do if you uh-huh. if you use too much of your powers. But as soon as she hits the ground, then the wall that she's on crumbles. So she, th- yeah. she thinks she's going to land safely on that floor, and then, no, she falls for days. Well, and she chased Gambit and Jubilee away. They're like, well, we'll wait here, because you know how you get very weak after you use your powers hardcore. She's like, no, 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 go. And they listen, because they're assholes. And Rogue has to like <laughs> come in Han Solo style at the last minute and save her, because finally the rest of the X-Men make it there. And the, the only other point I want to point out after that is uh, Cable is about to kill... One of the, the fucking leader? yeah, one of the fucking non mutant white people. This show is really like doubling down on villains being human bureaucrats, you yes. know, instead of like we've only had Magneto sort of right or Sabretooth, but yeah, most of the seven episodes have been filled with like awful white humans. Um, but Cable's about to kill one, and then another white human tries to save you know them, and then the storms flood hits, and Cable just starts laughing. Just yeah. watches the entire city just come over by a flood and he just starts cackling. I'm trying to I'm trying to like uh, nail down Cable's personality here. I think that's a big part of it. Just, <laughs> that's why That's why they call him the wild man of Borneo. You never know what you're going to get. Oh, that's why. <laughs> and then very lastly, we see what the setup was of getting a uh, professor to say that he had to make a phone call, and when they get back to the mansion, we see it, or the school, it's just completely destroyed, and that is when the cliffhanger we are left on for the next episode. I'm so pumped to watch it. Yeah, but wait. They're, they're really good at their cliffhangers. Gamb- Gambit did not give the address, right? No, he did no. not. And even Jubilee once again apologized for not trusting Gambit, and he goes, how, how do you know you yeah. should trust me? Maybe I fooled you again. <laughs> like, he's just an asshole. Gambit, no shut the fuck up. <laughs> What is he trying to teach her about the world? Trust no one? Uh, yeah, honestly. <laughs> I, I watched this episode with my wife, and the two big things were, uh, one, when Cable came in, she fucking screamed. Just screamed Cable <laughs> at the top of her lungs, which I did not see coming. But the other one, it wasn't Gambit shut the fuck up. It was Jubilee. Once or twice really? per scene. She was like, Jubilee, shut the fuck up. Nobody fucking <laughs> likes you. <laughs> wow. Yeah. A lot of passion for that one. All right, you guys, are you ready to uh, give away some awards? Yeah, so ready. All right. First award, of course, we always got to start with MVP. Uh, Ryan, let's start with you. It's fucking Cable. Uh, His gun does everything that anybody ever hoped for. He gets knocked over one time. One time. And then when that happens, he shoots the ceiling above uh, the bad guy. And then the ceiling, a little bit of ceiling falls on him. And then like two safes and an anvil. They fall (laughs) on top of him. Cable fucking rules in this episode. Yeah, that is, uh, of course, I have Cable, too, because, again, he's the only reason they made it off that island. He is uh, the only one who did really anything. Wait, did you say it's the only reason you made yeah. it off the island? Because yeah. that's what it sounded that like. I would have been stuck there forever, you guys. My mind would have never left. Uh, Mike, do you want to try to make an argument for somebody else? 
Yeah, I mean, of course, the wild man of Borneo makes a lot of sense, but I want to give it up for Jubilee because even though she's oh, a kid and boo. she's not as good, every scene she's talking about fighting back, picking locks, uh, getting any lazy ass adult to do anything they can to get out there with her, and that's just way more spunk than we've seen from her. You know what, Mike? That is way more spunk, but in the end, she didn't really do anything. It's going to go to Cable. I'll give that one to Ryan. All right, uh, our next... Hold on, sorry. A medicine show liar rooms with his long-lost daughter at a theatrical boarding house in New York in the 1941 comedy romance The Wild Man of Borneo. <laughs> what? What, is, what is he even talking about then? Is that what he was referencing? Probably. He's just really into musical theater? Is that what that was? Incomprehensible. All right. Our next award is... <laughs> LVP. Mike, I'll start with you for this one. What do you got? It has to be the Cajun who's rage and gambit. Because even he he doesn't help. He doesn't tell people if he's not betraying them. His his rescue attempts are awful, and he's only being a fucking dickhead misogynist when he is rescuing them in this. He sucks. I he mean, does. he was already sucking so hard, and then as he's running for a touchdown with a girl in his arms, he insults her fucking 14-year-old weight. Like, what the fuck are we doing, bro? That's grooming, man. He's trying to get with that 14-year-old. But that's Wolverine's groomer. (laughs) He's been so creepy. Okay, Ryan, what do you got? My LVP is uh, when Gambit finally gets his shit together, he picks up like five bolts and throws them at a sentinel. Uh, The sentinel falls over immediately. He's like, (laughs) oh my god, no! Turn on boosters! And as he says that, he just crumbles into a million pieces as he hits the ground. (laughs) Bad job, Sentinel. You're my LVP. You didn't do shit. We found out why they're not being used to build the dam. They're goddamn useless. (laughs) Anything gets thrown at them. They could have thrown sand, and they would have toppled over. Uh, For LVP, I just got to keep strong with my LVP, so I am going to make it Wolverine, because all he does is come in and grunt and sneeze for the episode, and that's all we see of him. And Okay, sure, but if we're going to go with that crew, Professor X says no, leave half the team somewhere, because I need to make a phone call. I think that's even worse. <laughs> what about when uh, he sneezed into the curtains, and Cyclops was like, don't do that? And Wolverine was like, I blow where I want to blow. <laughs> Your Wolverine has gotten very good. Thank it, you. I can't wait. After season one, I feel is when he's really going to get it down. I can't wait. Um, I am, Mike, I mean, yours does make the most sense. Gambit really sucked on this one, so I'm torn. But I really enjoy the useless Sentinel, so I'm just, I got to <laughs> give it to Ryan. Um, all right, next award is going to be Best Use of Power. Ryan, what do you got for it? I, 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 what I, I don't, uh, we should get rid of this award. Storm is a fucking goddess. She destroys yeah, every yeah. time. The she, Storm Ward? Yeah. Like, maybe it should be the brought to you by Storm. Maybe. like Maybe she's not eligible anymore, but uh, at the end, she's about to die. She's screamed her heart out because of fucking closet trophobia that she's had the uh, entire episode, and then she's like, oh, flood, and then just wins the day. It's Storm. Mm-hmm. Mike, do you got Storm as well? Yeah, it's I summon the full power of the Storm, and then she fucking does what she says and summons yeah. that full power, and drowns the city until cable laughs <laughs> i tried to because i was i knew it had to be storm so i tried to make it like uh, put a change on it where best use of power was just knowing um your real power and that was gambit when he knew that his stink would be too much to deter the others to get onto their plan to like escape so he sent jubilee and that was just him knowing his place and that's best use of power but it is obviously 
going to be Storm. I'll give that point to both Mike and Ryan. Our next award is Gasp Line. Mike, what do you got for it? This wasn't a line. This was just a moment. Uh, when I saw that the crowd was filled with Pyro and North Star and Warpath and just all these other mutants I recognized, I gasped because I thought we had another season until they'd build out these many mutants. I was fucking pumped. Did we? Did you name them all, Mike? Uh, Pyro, Mystique, Avalanche, Warpath, Sunfire, North Star, North Star's twin, Aurora, Aurora, Blob. Did I miss any? Blob. The the one guy I couldn't recognize is a, there's like a guy in a green and white suit. Yeah, I didn't know that. Just another one. And you say Domino? Blo- no, yeah, and Domino too. Is Blob the um, the big guy in like the wrestling unitard? You nailed yes. it, Cassie. Somehow you Who? figured that out. <laughs> Even though they're enslaved and now being murdered by the guards, Storm stops him from hurting the guards. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ryan, what do you got for best gas blind? Cable. Cable's here. Guys, I I thought this would come like second, third season. Cable's fucking here. Yeah. It does not feel like uh, seven episodes into your first season ever kind of episode. It was crazy. It was. And it did. It got a straight scream from your wife. So I feel like it was the most <laughs> impactful uh, really for did. Best Gasp Line, I have when the blob calls Gambit a pretty boy, because the fact that somebody would think he is pretty is absolutely insane. I had to gasp at how assert- absurd that was. <laughs> but um, you know what? I'm going to give that one to me. I just want a point, so that's going to me. <laughs> Our final award is Most 90s Thing. Uh, Mike, what do you got for it? Uh, Cyclops, most of the episode, spends trying to call the Genosha ambassador i guess at a certain point he says remind me to never buy stock in the genosha phone company (laughs) everything about that is so damn 90s uh everybody loves a good dad joke ryan what do you got for this it's it's cable's gun uh i know that i did gambit's costume i think last week but uh cable's gun if it came from any other decade it would be you know like an ak-47 maybe an uzi how would you how would you like to walk around with an uzi uh, his gun is the size of a a, a, a man, like a human man, uh, uh-huh. and he just waves it around and shoots whatever he wants. Yeah, in in the six one six about cosplayer, the cosplayer who dressed as him, she said, part, "Half the fun is having a yeah. five foot tall gun." Right. So, yeah. It's, it's... <laughs> she was like, "Why cable? He has the most insanely huge gun, and it's amazing. That's why." Uh, yeah, it's very good. For most 90s thing, I have when Jubilee picks this high-tech lock when the power goes out with like a bobby pin. It mm-hmm. looks very futuristic, but somehow a bobby pin still gets the work done. And I feel like that's just like 90s mentality of like, don't worry about it. We're going to break into it. Uh, but Mike, I am going to give that to you. And yes. then are you guys ready for these totals? Because that is all the awards. I got one point, which was definitely well-deserved. Go me. And then Mike, <laughs> two. Two for you, and of course, Ryan, again, taking it with three. Congrats, my friend. God damn. Am I the MVP? Am I the actual MVP of the show? I will say it's horseshit that Ryan and I shared one award because we both said the same thing, but another award we both said the same thing. You just gave one point to him and none to me. Uh, So this is all bunk. Oh, shit. I didn't know Tompkins was on the show. (laughs) Also, I don't know what I do, Mike, so thank you for that. Um, It's just how it works sometimes, you know? You know how this show works? When it ends, we give our plugs. So can you tell me about some websites? Purepopfilter.com is where you should go to get everything we make, except some stuff we make that you have to pay a little crochet for is over at patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. You get all kinds of extra bonus segments and content. Uh, and it is the holiday season, so if you're running late, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon and shop Amazon that way. 
give us a little bit of money, please. All right, Ryan, can you tell us about money, some please? Other money, yes. please. Uh, this is the superhero show show that you're listening to. So if you have not subscribed to this already and rated and reviewed, we would appreciate it if you did. It helps us out so so much. While you're there, rating and reviewing, uh, search for movie of the year. That is our other show where Mike and I discuss all of the movies of any given year and decide which is the best and which is the stupidest, which is the Mikeyest and which is the Ryanest. Those aren't awards, but they should be. They should be. We should decide that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, if you didn't like the me and Ryan aspect and of this Ryan? show. <laughs> That's how Ryan sees the world. <laughs> but you want more of Girl Ryan. Uh, search for Unnatural 20s. <laughs> Where uh, Cassie and two of her friends discuss how awkward it is to roll dice in the 1920s. Unnatural20s.com. Shit. And to be the girl, Ryan. We talk a lot about that and how disturbing it is. Um, And then, Mike, can you tell us about social media? Sure. You should follow us on Twitter and Instagram at YourPopFilter for all kinds of news, slews, (laughs) and many reviews. Throwing it back. Uh, and oh, I wanted to give a shout out. Uh, I email or social, whatever you want to do, uh, to Rogue Media. They make awesome software that we use, and they email surprisingly quickly back. So check that out if uh, you want any sort of recording equipment, but don't want to pay for physical equipment. Uh, they have a whole suite of software that that helps you build a little studio, and they're awesome. Isn't that nice? A lot of times when I email a corporation, I'm just like, well, that that'll be four to six weeks. They got back to me in like six minutes. And then when I thanked them for that, got back to me again. And now I think we're friends. Like, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> This is a deeper friendship that like only deeper friendship you have is you and Ryan. So you're yeah. right there. Uh, and speaking of email, we got one. It's contact at your pop filter. Go ahead and email us whatever you want. Any, any ideas you have. If you just want to talk to us, if you want to just get back to us in six minutes when you do, we'd appreciate that, please. Thank you. I have an uh, idea. Next week. If we get yeah. an email, then we're going to put a timer on until like have six minutes go up so we don't look so desperate. But if you uh, have other Marvel 616 Season 2 ideas that we didn't come up with, yes. like oh, email yeah. us those, and then we'll do a segment of just your guys' ideas. Hell yeah. That would be, yes, 100%. All right, you guys. Next week, we got a really big episode. Um, I'm going to try to get through all of this. It's just so much we got to talk about. We are going to dig into Pennyworth. And, Pennyworth! Um, what? Yeah. We're doing it. It's time. We have gotten to it. And it's we're going to focus on Pennyworth so much. That's all I have to mention is just Pennyworth. So get excited about it. Uh, that is it for this week. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm me. For Mike, I am Mike. Bye, everyone. Mike, Mike.